0: Hey there, welcome again to another episode of the Shutterbug Life Podcast. This is your weekly photography lifestyle podcast where we learn how to be better photographers. I'm your host, Linford Morton, but of course you can call me Lin. Thank you so much for being here and for listening in on another great episode. This is episode number fifty-six zero five six. if you search for it on the website. And today we're gonna talk about the new rules for making an impact with your photography. Now, whether you want to show your images to more people, sell prints, um, start a movement of some kind, create a photography business, there are a new set of rules that really govern photography and for the photography industry and photographers and if you're still following the old rules, you're going to be frustrated as so many photographers I see are. OK, so today we'll learn what the new rules are and, of course, how you can use them to make sure that you are making the real impact you want to make with your photography. Um, you're going to want to listen to this one because it covers a lot of stuff that we have been talking about In the past, and sort of wraps it up into something that hopefully you can take action on. (laughs) So, photographers have been expressing frustration that the whole GWC crowd is polluting our art. And when I say GWC of course I mean the guy with camera or the gal with camera. That's the way we sort of talk about the people who just go out and they buy a new DSLR and they think that makes them instantly a photographer, right? Because they're the people who say that's a great picture what kind of camera are you using. And so photographers have all been have been sort of frustrated and annoyed with that crowd for a long time. And on the other side of the, the professional photographers, you see them complaining that, you know, these people are taking business away from real photographers. It's because they go out and they give their camera to Uncle Joey and Uncle Joey takes pictures and it's really crap and they can't tell the difference. And, or if I'm just trying to, you know, as an enthusiast, you know, step out, the Uncle Joeys are out there polluting the, the social media's fair with their crap. And how do I get noticed? And, and you saw it really come to a <clears throat> head. A great example is recently Burberry commissioned uh, David Beckham's 16 year old son, Brooklyn, to shoot a Burberry campaign. Now Burberry commissioned the young photographer to shoot its next fragrance campaign. And the shoot was broadcast live on social media on Instagram and Snapchat. And photographers were really upset about this online because they said there are so many working professional photographers who could or should have gotten that gig. And They're upset and they're only upset because they were playing by the old rules and David Beckham's son could pass by them and get the work because he had been using the new rules. Alright, right. So let's define these. What am I talking about old rules versus new rules? Under the old rules, as a photographer, you generally were the only one with, like, an SLR camera, what was considered a professional camera. And if you owned a professional or SLR camera, you were ahead of most of the public. Now, I remember... And, you know, I'm not that old, although I'm still the old guy still. But I remember there were times when I would show up at an event or a or parade or something. And if I was in the back, all I would say is, excuse me, I have a camera and I'm taking pictures. I'd like to take pictures. And all the nice people in front of me would just make a part in the crowd and let me through to the front. You you know, I'd be like, excuse me, camera. I'm, I've got a camera I need to shoot. And that, and they would literally, I've literally done this in the past. They'd move out of the way, Gladys. He has a camera. Thank you, Gladys, as I walk by. And at one point, I'm not sure when it was, but I... St- Reached into the old bag for the old tricks and trick and said, hey, excuse me, I've got a camera. And everyone in front of me turned around and looked at me and they all had cameras, too. And they're giving me the so what you have a camera and expressions on their faces. And I thought, wow, it's not enough now to have a camera to just get to the front of the crowd. Oh, my goodness. And, and so this was the old rule. The old rule was as long as you were a photographer, quote-unquote photographer, and you're the only one with the SLR the camera, that made you, that put you ahead of the crowd. And they, they literally let you go to the front of the crowd. But no longer. That's not enough. And if you published or shared galleries, so if my... Photos were published on a blog, or if I had a gallery with professional-looking images on a website, that put me ahead of most of the crowd, most people, and that was enough. Oh, my pictures were in the newspaper, or I was seen in the gallery, or I was somewhere out there. I am someone who stands out. Not enough anymore. And so there was a clear distinction between the photographer and everyone else, and there's no longer that distinction anymore. And so if you are, you know, sort of depending on that as part of the old rules, because I've hung up a a, a shingle that says I am a professional photographer and because I have professional gear and because I have a website that says I'm a professional photographer, you should consider me more than, you know, better than Uncle Joey. And That's not enough. Those were the old rules. As a photographer under the old rules, the primary value I had was the pictures I took. Meaning, once I delivered pictures, that was the primary value that people paid for, people followed for, or people were interested in. You know, can I deliver eight by tens or five by sevens or or you know whatever? Can I deliver prints? Can I deliver them matted and framed and signed? Can I deliver this product called a photograph? That was the primary value that I delivered as a photographer under the old rules. No more. Those are the old rules, and photographers who are still playing playing by these old rules. Again, are always going to be frustrated at the Brooklyn Beckhams of the world who come by and eat your lunch. And it, it's, it's goes without saying at this point that taking a great photograph is the minimum expectation of anyone. When you tell them that you take pictures or you're a photographer, their minimum expectation for, for you is that you take and take a good, good enough picture. You know, everyone can take a good enough picture and everyone knows someone who can take a good enough picture. However, they define that because photography has become the it thing in the last five to 10 years. Quite as we all know, it's now the it thing to take pictures. And so I was at the dog park last week and looked around and half a dozen people were in the dog park with cameras for no other reason but to take pictures of their pets and not just their pets, but everyone else's pets too. Photography is the it thing. It's the end thing. And so now, you know, photographer, being a photographer doesn't, it's not enough anymore under the old rules. The barrier to entry is so low that everybody owns a good enough camera. It's so funny, I was talking with one of my buddies about this, who's also a photographer, and he said, you know, 100% of the cameras are now better than 99% of the people using them. And I thought that was so funny, because it is the case. Uh, As I said in the video I produced for the Nikon D500, when I went to the Nikon launch event, that camera is just, in terms of the technology only, it's phenomenal, it will it will take care of so many things for you. And so when we say the sensors on these cameras are better than 99% of the people using using them, you know, it's it's easy because these cameras will do a lot for you. Now, we all know that they won't do everything for you, they won't frame a picture, they won't they won't see where the best angle is, they won't give you the, the best composition. There are lots of things that the technology won't do for you. But the things that technology will do for you will, for many people, produce a good enough image. So that's good enough. And, you know, why wouldn't I give it to Uncle Joey? I, I, I met a bride, I remember, last year, and she was telling me she was getting married and... You know, I was like, congratulations. And I was just curious. I said, you know, what are you doing in terms of your engagement pictures? I wasn't looking for work. I was just curious. He said, Oh, I bought a, I bought a professional camera and I'm going to give it to my cousin and let my cousin take the pictures for me. I was like, wow. So you bought a camera and you'll give it to your, your cousin and you'll tell your cousin, your cousin exactly what you want. And for her, that will be good enough because she, when I asked what camera she bought, it was an entry level Canon. You know, and it was good enough. And quite honestly, it is good enough for, you know, to take images for her purposes, which is really just to announce it on Facebook. It's good enough. And now the apps and the software are making it even easier to produce what used to be considered professional looking. So the Facetune app and, and that sort of got me thinking about this whole topic anyway. I, I bumped, I, saw, I was on Facebook and I saw an app for an app called Facetune and it's an app that lets you take a selfie of yourself and then with, with, with some swipes and pinches, it will let you fix up and correct the app using what used to be Called photoshopping or really heavy duty, um, post processing work. You know, we can, you know, you no know, fix hair, get remove hair and remove pimples and smoothen up faces and make the jawline tighter and, and make the eyes pop. You could do all these things that professional photographers used to say was part of, you know, why we deserved to get paid. And now you can do this with a $3 app. And so now with the barrier, you know, of entry there, again, just taking pictures and delivering pictures is just not going to be good enough. Your work is good enough to get you noticed, but it's not enough. All right. So now that I've painted, you know, this really ugly picture of what the old rules were, let's talk about the new rules. Under the new rules, photography is not enough and you need four things that i'm going to talk about today. You need a product, you need a story, you need a platform, and you need a community. And we've touched on some of these before, but let's sort of, you know, sort of weave them all together so that they make sense now. When i say you need a product, yes, you need to be able to take great pictures. Remember I said, you know, that's the minimum expectation of you, but you still need to be able to do it. You gotta be able to take great quality pictures. But at, at this point, not just technical quality is the minimum th- expectation people have of you. But now they're looking to see, do I like your style and do I like your voice? So when I look at your pictures, what are you know, what are they saying? Do I do I like the style you have? And is it unique enough for me to go, hmm, I like this person? So this is what we're looking for. The product now becomes your style and your voice and the consistency with which you can produce that style and that voice. Okay. So you know this when you are, you are showing your work, people looking to see who you are through your work. And then the way, one of the ways you can do this, and we've talked about this before, is your focus or your niche. So in the, the episode when I talk about um how you now begin to set yourself apart, I think this um episode, I forget which it was. I'll, I'll have this in the show notes. And when you start to, you know, begin to make a name for yourself with your product, one of the things you're going to do is, is, is now begin to, Winnow down your work. So if because if you're shooting everything, then you don't stand out. So remember, I said in how you begin to make a name for yourself in that episode, I said you want to find something that you're passionate about, and create a photo project around that. And the reason I I suggested you do that is because in that focus and into that niche, now you begin to define what you're known for. Right. So when we think about Humans of New York and, you know, he is wildly successful and he's wildly successful for street portraits. And if he shot that and a million other things, he w- I'm going to argue that he wouldn't have been as successful. But he's known for, on Humans of New York, he's known for street portraits with really compelling stories. And so that's what he's known for. So he's, you know, made that niche for himself. And, I'm, you know, I'm going to tell you that. And it's so funny because I saw one of the haters when he released his first book. One of the haters and in his in Amazon's, you know, feed reviews said he's really an average photographer. I'm not sure what the big deal is and i thought to myself that's funny you're you're missing the point what he does technically in terms of you know composing and framing is is not you know anything that out of the ordinary you know you know he usually takes a person puts them in the middle of the street centers the image and puts the whole person in the photograph i mean technically speaking it's just a photograph But what he's doing is making a name for himself by producing a great volume of not just a photograph, but also this person's story and letting you feel like you got a little glimpse into who this person is. And that is his product. And that's what he's known for. He's not known for just snapping a picture of, of and taking really, you know glamorous shot with it's with this really great lighting it's you know he's known for telling stories a person who's known for that is is when you think of of peter hurley and if you know who he is he's known as the headshot guru the headshot guy and he's out there making thousands and thousands of dollars for one headshot and it's because he has now, with his focus and his niche, made a name for himself as the headshot guru. And he, now he's been able to spin this off and to now he's selling a cruise, the headshot cruise. And he's teaching and he's doing all these things around this whole headshot phenomenon because he's known as the headshot person. Because he's created, you know, this volume of work where he's really focused and he's niched down. What are you known for? This is going to be important an important part of your product. Prod, prod, product. What are you known for? And, you know, one of the things I suggested you do is, is work on a personal project around it because that's an easy way to define what you're known for. And the easiest way to get started by knowing is to create a personal project around something for which you're passionate, because you will be able to breathe a a special kind of life into it with your unique insights and your passion for whatever it is. got to be known for something as as a first step, and that becomes a part of your project. And then you've got to be able to create consistent um, quality around it, and your style and your voice will begin to evolve from that. So the product is the first thing you need. The second thing you need is the story. You know, your photography will get you noticed, but your story will get you in the door. So here's an example that has nothing to do with photography, but so I used to write a lot at in, in, Ale- in Alexandria in this little community called Del Rey. I, I, I just like the vibe there and I used to go sit out there and, and write sometimes. And I would go to this little coffee shop. And when I got hungry, I would trudge down the street and eat at this little restaurant called called Pork Barrel Barbecue. They made, you know, great beef brisket. I I love their brisket. And they made these Q briskets. And I, you know, I'd go down there and after, you know, when I'm taking a break and I would eat. Now, the cool, the, the interesting thing I started to notice as I as I would sit outside on the patio eating my brisket, I would see people walking by. And so you'd see couples and families walking by and lots of couples and families walking by on that strip. And, and, and I'm there around mealtime, so they're all sort of thinking about eating. And I can't help but overhear the conversations as they go by. And I hear them talk about the restaurant where I am and the restaurant next door, which was called Holy Cow Gourmet Burgers. Now, I didn't know it at the time, but apparently these two restaurants have the unique distinction of sharing the same kitchen. So the restaurant proprietor got one restaurant and got a second and then sort of carved out one kitchen. So they both share the same kitchen, even though they have very different kinds of, of food. And, as I'm sitting there usually eating, I you know one out of three people going by will, will stop and go, "You know these two restaurants share the same kitchen and very different kinds of food. They share the same kitchen, and that became part of their story, and you'd people go, "Oh, really, wow!" And inevitably someone would say, "Well, let's go check it out then," and you'd see them go in now, as they walked down the street, they all assumed that the food was good. Because no one said, no, know, what's the food like? They assumed the food was good, but what got them in the door was the story. Or they would say, you know, the place where I'm eating, um, pork barrel barbecue, you know, they were on the shark tank and they got a deal for one of the sharks for one of their meals. Oh, really? That's so cool. Wow. We have a shark tank person right in our neighborhood. Let's go check it out. And so while they assumed the food was good, what got them in the door was the story. People these days want to know what your story is. And while this worked for restaurants, the same thing works for photography of any kind or photographers, no matter what your genre is. People want to know what your story is. And so you are... You know what your story is for a lot of people who if they're looking for if you're looking for your work to stand out, you're going to need a story to help make it stand out. And the good news is you get to create that story. They got to create the restaurants, got to create their story by creating the the shared a shared kitchen and by, you know, their work on, you know, getting the word out on the Shark Tank. They got to create their own story. You get to create your story. You get to tell your own story. And you get to decide what your story will be. Because people don't just want to see a photograph. They want an experience. And so this is why in episode 48, I, I told you that you needed... A photography blog, because this is where you begin to tell your stories. And you get to create something bigger than pictures. You begin to create a story or a narrative. And in your story, you get to show why you are special, why your pictures are special. And people get to go, Hey, I like such and such because I like his or her story. Now, with your story, with your photography, And the stories you tell on your blog, you get to, you know, begin to reinforce that story, right? So you begin to say, this is the story I want to tell about myself. And you tell that story about yourself and you tell that story through your art and through your pictures and through your work and through your blog and through your social media and through everything you do, you begin to tell that story. And as that story catches on... This is how you now you begin to stand out with your photography and make a difference and make people want to buy your prints or share your pictures or book you for their images. Whatever your goals are, the story gets you gets them in the door. Your pictures are great, but the story brings them in. And so you've got to now begin to think about what story you want to tell about yourself and cultivate that story. So the story is the second thing you need And then the third thing is Which is now tied into the story Is the platform from which you will tell the story Where will you share the story? This is the platform This is really why I made the case on episode 48 That you need a photo block, Because what I was really saying to you is You need a platform You need one place from which you can really shape And cultivate this story of who you are to the world now we all know that if you someone says, you know, I like this guy, um, you know, Lynn, and I took one of his classes and he's a photo coach, and he's pretty you know, he's kind of cool, right? I'd like to think that someone could say that about me. He's pretty cool. And so what does you do next? You Google, you know, Linford, or you photography, you know, photo coach or photo tour DC and what comes up there is largely what I've created for you to tell that story of me being this photography coach. So you'll hopefully, I haven't Googled lately, but I I will now to see what comes up, because now I'm like, ooh, what is this? But what you'll see usually is, is my blog, you know, Shutterbook Life or Photo Tour DC, and you'll see you know, my podcast and the blog, and you'll see these things that I'm creating. And so you'll begin to see this narrative of, you know, I started out and I didn't want to be a teacher, I wanted to be a coach. And because of my style of teaching was more like coaching and mentoring. And so this is a story I started creating. And you'll see that somewhere. And And you'll see it because I created it. Because this is, you know, this is, Who I wanted to be and the service I wanted to provide and how I wanted to help and how I wanted to serve. What, you know, what do you want to do? And, and what story do you want to tell? And your platform or your blog is going to be where you get to begin to create that. So when people go, who is such and such? And they look to see who you are. That's what shows up because not just the platform, but the platform with the story, because this is how you now you begin to hook people in with, oh, I like who this person is. I like that, you know, Humans of New York, when I go there, I see all these pictures and I like the stories he tells and I like who he is now. And I get and from this platform he's created, I get a sense that this is a person who is out there. You know, meeting people and telling their stories and telling them just somewhat, you know, evoking emotion for me, but telling them dispassionately. This is, he just shows you, he shines a light in who you are. And it's, and it's sort of interesting. And you get to react how you want to react. And, and all this is going on. It's really cool. But it's because he created the platform first, humans of New York, humansofnewyork.com. And then the outposts came from that. Yeah it 's um the platform where you will share your story becomes important, and if you want to learn more about that, go to listen to episode forty eight about why you need a photo blog and they 'll dig deeper into that into 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 that topic. But on the blog, you will tell the stories now that attract the kind of people you want in your circle so if you are for instance interested in health and fitness. And you are, you know, now taking pictures of, you know, you find yourself a health and fitness, you know, group and you're taking pictures there and you're attracting those kinds of people. Oh, here, here's a better solution. Like one of my clients, she was a new mom and she used her because, you know, those are her people and she would take pictures of her kids and she, were, would, would you network with other moms and, and got, you know, work taking pictures of other people within that community. And on her blog, she showed all these pictures of, of, of kids in her circle. And so by telling stories of these kids, you begin to attract people who are, who are interested in that kind of photography. I'll, I'll, when I talked about this on, on, uh, in the Facebook, uh, community, you know, one of my former clients, Allie Drew, you know, she's been doing this. And this is one of the things when we work together, or, you know, remember she said, Hey, I'm trying to get more work shooting headshots. And I said, well, you gotta, you gotta blog about that. You've gotta, if, if for the people who are interested in it, they, Think about the kinds of things they're looking for. You know, who takes good sh- headshots? What should I look for? And, you know, what are the questions they, they ask? And write blogs about those topics and so that you pop up. And then on your platform, you'll show all your work that reinforces the story that you are the person who knows how to do that best. And so she took off, she narrowed her focus on her blog to only showing those kinds of headshots and on her, her website and her blog, she talked about the importance of, of, you know, using a a professional headshot, how to do that, how to dress for it, and all the things that are important about it. And she said, you know, Oh my God, almost overnight, I started booking more of this kind of work because I took that approach. And so it's, it was narrowing down the focus um, telling the story that who she is, of who she is as someone who photographs and takes pictures of who takes only headshots and then telling that story through her blog and and in doing that it's magic. she begins to stand out. I remember one time she sent me an email and said, I booked more work just in this month than I have for the entire last of last year that's why she's now playing by the new rules which leads us to the fourth and final thing that you have in common in these new rules is that you've got to either create or or contribute to a community Commu- create and or contribute to a community and and what that means is if you're doing all these things you're going to start attracting people to follow your art or your work or your business who are interested in the kinds of things you're interested in. And now the work begins to sort of create them a community out of them. Now, if you remember in episode, you know, we had a great example of this in episode 52, I believe with Joe Newman. And Joe talked about he wanted to create, um, you know, he wanted to be known as a photographer. And so he created a meetup community and he created a blog and all these things around the kind of photography he was interested in. And as a result, this community sort of fueled it, um, him and his work. And now he's, his work is now recognized because of the community he created. And so, um, you know, community is the new rule says you got to create a community. So what do I mean by that? Well, it, what you have in the community are relationships because relationships are going to be the key to help you now further your photography, either as as a photographer or as a business or whatever you do, the relationship. Do so you know how relationships work. So I remember I was doing, I, I, I had a shoot. One of my buddies um, was a, uh, a VP of communications, and so I went to lunch with him. He said, well, hey, what are you working on?" I said, "Hey, you know, I'm doing this photography thing." He goes, "Oh, great! Let me see your card or whatever." And he says, "Perfect. I'm gonna I'm gonna send all my work through you." Now he did this because we had a relationship, and. He assumed, you know, I took good pictures and he saw the work and the pictures look good and he knew my story. And now the relationship got me in the door and got work. Now this was a very, became a very lucrative contract for me. They sent a lot of work my way and they'd call me up and say, Hey, do you, you know, we've got a, a, an event. Do you want to photograph? And I'd say, sure. And they'd say, how much do you want? And I tell them and they pay it. They never ever quibbled. They never ever pushed back. As a matter of fact, there were times when they said, we can pay more if you want to. Quite honestly, the budget's bigger. And I said, oh, okay, sure. Then make it more. Um, and, and, and one of the things that ha- one of the, one of the experiences I had and which is why I'm telling the story as one of the first shoots, you know, my buddy, he, he says, I want you to meet the CEO. Come on with me. Let's go meet the CEO. And so the CEO of this you know company, which is you know a billion dollar, you know, multi-billion dollar company, I meet him and so he says, Hey, this is Lynn, he's supporting us by shooting our photography awards event this evening. And the CEO goes, Oh, okay, good, thank you so much. And and he goes, and and I got you know, the, the what you would expect from a busy CEO. Oh, good, good, thank you so much, good to meet you. And he's, you know, who you know looking to see where he goes next. And then my friend continues. He goes, I've known Lynn for a long time, you know, you know, 10, 15 years. He's a real good guy. So this is what happens now. He vouches for me. And so the CEO goes, Oh, okay. Well, good. That's good to know. Thank you so much. And then he goes another step. He goes, now the CEO is an, an ex army general. He's a retired army general. And he says to him, you might want, also be interested in knowing that Lynn is a, an army veteran. Now he's done. The CEO stops and turns and goes, really? What'd you do in the army? And I said, I was a photographer. I was an army photojournalist. And I waved my camera and said, this was my weapon when I was, when I served. And you know, he chuckled for this and he goes, Oh, this is good to know. Now I'm getting a really warm connection with this, with this, you know, CEO who, you know, two minutes ago wasn't interested in who I was. And within two minutes, I went from stranger. Yeah. To. He's one of us, and every time I saw the CEO after that, I got greeted with a warm handshake and a, hi, Linford, how you doing? Thank you so much for being here. Now, this is important because this is what happens when you have a community. You have relationships, right? And because of relationships, people within that community will will be more inclined to like and follow your work and support your work because you, you have relationships in this community. This is why you want to either find a community that you can be a part of or create a community that you can contribute to. Because they used to call it affinity marketing back in the day. Because you have something in common, because, oh, this is an army guy, oh, this is an army veteran, I had something in common with the CEO. And so when they had work, bringing me in was never a question because he knew it was going to somebody who was who was part a part of their community. And so this is why your community is going to be important. Right. Um When you have a community list, and it could be something as simple as the meetup, let's say you you are now, as we said, interested in. I was saying with my son, he was interested in extreme sports. Let's say he, he finds this community. I posted a, a a story on, on, on my Facebook page about these guys who were extreme uh, sports photographers and they were just doing it and they created this community, you know, with all, with, with their work, with all these people who were into extreme sports who would see, see and follow them on their, on their youtube channels and as a result of it you know the the they got hired and so the uh so I forget the name of the camera now. I'm blanking out. You know, they have the, the cameras um, on top of the helmets that are used by all these extreme sports people. You know which one it is. But they hired them as a result of it. I'll post the article on the show notes so you can see which one I'm talking about. But they said, you know, the reason we got this was because we followed our passion for something. We, we documented it and we shared our work on our channel. And then they And as a result of that, a community sort of grew and followed them. And this is now we're going full circuit, back, full circle, back to Brooklyn, Beckham. He got that gig because he was shooting a lot. People liked what he did. They followed him. He created, he created this community around his work on Instagram and Snapchat, and as a result, he, you know, he gets this, you know, this job from Burberry. So he's gone through, you know, this whole thing. And this is how he got the work, how he got noticed, how his images stand out and how people follow his images in droves because he went through the new rules. You know, he 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 knew what his product was. He niched it down. He. You know, he had this story, you know, and even if though his story is he's the son of David Beckham, it's still his story and people follow him for the story. But, but, you know, the images got the interest, the story got them in the door and then his platform, he keeps producing and getting people following him. And then he creates this community around his art. And so that when you see them, so part of the community now is the social aspect, right? The social aspect, because we, as we learned from episode 53 with Jen Martin, the way to create, you know, the platform and the communities is, is, is by going social these days. And one of the things you see is as you sort of, as he creates all these followers you get what what the marketers call social proof and so people see that and now they're more inclined to follow and buy into your story and follow you or follow along with you and so why that's why all these things work together now you've built this community and when you build it now and you build it using social tools and and you use accelerate it using social tools then you build in what's called social proof and so now people see and go ah oh, i like this person who is this person? And they look and they go, oh, I like, and they go to your platform and they go, I like his or her story and I like their niche, I like their product and all this goes. And now, and now the process of attracting people who are gonna support your art, or even if all you wanna do is stand out, you will stand out within that community. And and that platform that you have, and when you stand out with that community, can now fuel your work beyond it. Because of what Brooklyn Beckham did within that community, he got the opportunity now to show his work on a Burberry campaign and expand beyond those walls. And so this is how it works. These are the new rules it 's not enough anymore to just be a person with a great camera and a person who takes pictures you've got to deliver more than pictures you 've got to have the pictures adjust the entry the 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 lowest common denominator. Everyone else will have a camera and they will take good enough pictures. Now you have got to narrow your that focus down to something specific and know what that is and deliver quality in that specific and, do, and create, you know not develop your own voice and more importantly than that develop your own story tell the story you want to tell and and then you want to have your own platform from which you tell that story so that you make sure that you get to control that story and as you do that you develop a community of people who will follow you and for whom you can either contribute or serve or however you want to interact but you're developing relationships with all these people. And if you do it online and through social through social platforms, you get to accelerate that even more. And as you do that, you begin now. Now you're using the new rules and you'll find it much easier to make an impact with your photography. These are the new rules. And if you can use them and use them effectively, you will find that you don't have to worry about it now competing against... Uncle Joey anymore, because with these new rules, you will have your own impact. All right, I hope that was helpful for you. Uh, The new rules for making an impact with your photography, whether you want to just stand out or sell your prints or create a business or how whatever you want to do, however you define making that impact, it will be much easier for you if you follow the new rules. All right. Now I want to I want to talk about one thing before I turn you loose. I'm, I'm going to be launching. I'm going to be launching something new this month, and it is my. I've been sort of hinting at it, really. It is my mentoring club. Now, a few years ago, I did a mentoring club. And I remember I talked about Allie Drew. She was one of my members in the mentoring club. And, you know, over six months, we got to, you know, really work on a lot of specific issues within photography. And I got to help them all um, improve their photography and improve their work. And I still hear from, you know, a number of the members that that was very instrumental in them. And, and as much as I was able to help then, as much as we did a lot then, I, I know that today with, I look at the tools that are available today and the technology that how much it has really improved since then. And I know I could, we could do so much more and we could make such, you know, I can make a really a much bigger impact just because of the tools that are now available. And so I'm going to re- I'm relaunching the shutterbug Mentoring Club. Now, here's the cool thing. Now, you're asking what the Shutterbug Mentoring Club is. You know, it is a, it's an online educational community and it's going to help beginner and enthusiast photographers reach your photography goals faster and more efficiently. You know, one of the things you said to me was that was important to you is that you want to be able to be more efficient with your time. And I, and I, and I agree. If you have one hour a week to, you know, give to your photography, I'd like you to be able to use that hour to really make a difference so that you know, six months, a year later, you have really moved forward in whatever your goals are and really uh, in terms of, in terms of achieving them. And so in this club, we will have the structure, meaning you'll have proven process to help you learn and improve, meaning you have lessons. So we'll have both live lessons and video lessons for you to learn and ask questions. So there's a proving process, there'll be downloadable um, materials for you to use, checklists for you to use as you're working. So all the tools you'll need to either improve your images or improve your brand or market your photography or start your business, whatever you want to do. You'll have tools for all of that. So wherever you are, you can pick the tools up and move yourself forward. So you'll have structure, a proven process. You'll have efficiency. It's a way to be more focused and make your photography time count. You'll have, more importantly, support, a place to get feedback on your photos and your projects, direction and guidance and encouragement, a nudge when you needed, it, a kick in the pants when you want it, because this is really uh, an experienced photography mentor is what you're getting. Now, the cool thing about this is the way it's going to be structured. So you'll have video lessons. I still have all the lessons from the last time. and You'll have access to all those on day one immediately. And these are lessons on on everything you need to know to get great pictures. So I'll have also the 10 Steps to Great Pictures, that video lesson series, you'll have that available to you. And that's everything you need to know to get good exposure, do metering, composition, tell stories, all that. You'll have all those video lessons there already. You'll have the video lessons that I used to go in greater detail during the last mentoring club. All those video lessons are there. And then each month we'll record another video lesson like we used to do. Um, when I did the free photo webinars. So in webinar format, we will also go into um, lessons, which will be probably more uh, focused on your genre specific or other, other things that you tell me are important to you. So once a month, we'll have a webinar on a specific topic, so I'll record that. I'll also be recording tutorials that I'll add to to the to the library, even as we go along, based on what you tell me you're interested in knowing. I'll just go record a lesson on it and put video lessons there, so you can. Those of us who learn visual visually will have that kind of support. And then we'll also have another webinar, and I'd like to do this to a feedback webinar where you can submit your pictures and get and get detailed critiques on your images, or if you're setting up a blog and you're, you know, I'm not sure if I'm doing this right, you can, you know, we'll, we'll pull your blog up and I'll sort of deconstruct it and give you some feedback on how you can do it more efficiently. So you'll have that kind of feedback as well, or even if you have pricing or any other kind of marketing feedback, I have all that kind of stuff and we can do that on the feedback webinar so you can ask it real time. So you'll have that as well. But, but here's where I think it, the real value is. There's value in all this, but there's, I think, even more value because we, you'll have, you know, because these are all at specific times. But what I'm going to give you is around the clock access to me to get answers to your questions. And we're going to do this in a private Facebook group just for members of the club. Now, I know a lot of times pe- people will have questions about something photography related and you'll send me an email. And the way I usually deal with this is if it's a short answer, I'll, 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 I'll pop it back really quickly. But if it's something in detail where I have to go into detail and lots of times, you know, the question, the answer to the question is, is takes a little more than a short answer. What I usually say is I'll address it on an Ascalon segment so that the answer, if I have to go deep in on it, more people can benefit from it because I can't stop and give really detailed answers to every person who asks. It's just not fe- a feasible way to, it's not, it's not a, a productive way to use my time. But what I'm going to do is if you're a member of the club and you ask a question in that group, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and give you that detailed answer because you're my client. And because I'll owe that to you at that point And I don't mind doing it. So, when you have a question about a camera, software, a picture or whatever, you can just, you know, pop into this group and say, hey, Lynn, what about this? And I'll stop what I'm doing and answer the question in full right then and there. And if you need a more visual answer, then, of course, you can do it on the the feedback webinar. So you'll have that, uh, that sort of nonstop round the clock access to me to answer your questions and not just me but all the other members of the club if they want to you know you know join in then then they can do that and also help and I I'm I'm in a similar kind of coaching club for for me and for what I do as a for, as a as a coach and as a podcaster I'm in sort of for my own professional development and this is one of the resources that that person has set up. And I just found it, it was so valuable for me to be able to go on whenever I have a question about, Hey, I'm setting up something, you know, a new thing on my podcast. How would I do that? I, you know, post a question and, you know, how do I, you know, structure a new class and get an answer right away from the person who's leading it? And I thought I- I'd love to offer this kind of service because. You know, you, you get round the clock help. Now, here's the cool thing about this is because, you know, we're, I'm going to do this in volume and it's going to be priced much less than anything I've ever offered. It's going to be, it's going to be really inexpensive, you know, less than a dollar a day. And just to be an ongoing member, or you can, you know, just, you know, pay for it as a block for however long you want to be in there. You know, if you say, I just need three months to get, my project up and running, then, then, then you work it for three months. And if you need more than that, or if you need less, you know, it's going to be completely flexible and it's going to be, it's going to be affordable because, it, you know, if you said, I need you to stop what you're doing and help me, then you paid for my time one-on-one and, and, you know, and I value my time and I think I give great value for it. But in a platform like this, I'll be able to help someone at a, at a, at a rate that's much more affordable and much more um, and much more approachable for the average person. So if you want to, if this sounds interesting to you, go to shutterbuglife.com forward slash mentoring, read more about it, drop your name and email in. And when I announce it, I'll send you a, a personal invite and probably will get you a discount on on, on the launch. So if you want to be involved in that, then go ahead and drop your name and email there and I'll let you know. All right. And I hope that, you know, if, if you think this can be helpful for you, that you will check it out because I think it's going to be a good way for you to get the kind of support and feedback that can be helpful for you. All right. Thank you so much for uh, another great episode, for sticking with me and for learning about those uh, those four pillars of the new rules of making an impact with your photography. And of course, we can work through all four of that those if you need help in the mentoring club. Thank you so much. Remember, this is at ShutterbugLife.com. If you want to make sure you don't if you like what we do and make sure you don't want to miss another episode, go to ShutterbugLife.com forward slash. Subscribe. And then if you're on iTunes, you just go to iTunes.shutterbooklife.com and you can find us there and subscribe and make sure you don't miss another episode. You know, other people who like this kind of information, share it with them and invite them into our community. And, uh, you know, we're also on Facebook and if you're on in DC and New York, then we also have meetup groups. There's just so many ways for you to, to jump in and shoot and share and be a part of our community. I'm, I'm just loving what we're doing here. And thank you so much for being a part of us. All right. All right. That's it for this episode. And this week, if you are You know, you stick around. We'll be back next week with another episode. So wherever you are this week and whatever you do, enjoy your Shutterbug life. Take care.